love that intro music. Today we're excited, boys, to talk about something big. Making your papa proud! Whoa! Hey, guys, welcome minutes. back to another Cut, Light, and Smoke podcast presented by ZealCigars.com. Zeal Cigars, your number one place to find your cigars on the internet. And uh, we had a great Black Friday, great Cyber Monday. It was wonderful. Thank you guys so much for patronized us. And if you did, you probably got yourself a $20 gift card for free Ooh, and okay. free shipping on $79.95 and over on your cigars. So uh, lots of orders. It was a great day. It was awesome. So we're back from Thanksgiving. We had a good, th- th- good Thanksgiving. Uh, Justin and I had a big knockdown drag out fight before we uh, left for Thanksgiving. It was great. It was awesome. But uh, there's all there's that good that's a good no, stuff. No, I man. thought I thought no. We we had Thanksgiving and then Friday was when that happened and then we had the weekend. That's right. That's right. We had a, we had a big we had a big to do between each other on Friday. But Justin's man enough to know when he's wrong and it was great. <laughs> it was awesome. So I'm sure you're both wrong. I was just pissed off because uh, things weren't going the way that I wanted it to. So <laughs> usually that's what happens. I get pissed off and I start yelling back and forth at my employees. So. Uh, it's good. It's good that Justin give it back to me just as much as he can take it. So, uh, anyways, so we're talking about something today. Are you researching something? Or are you just texting people? In the uh, of the I'm, podcast I'm currently or? like, yeah, my wife wants some like dental in or vision information from the insurance policy. Okay. And, and normally that means like probably faster than later. Okay. I so I was it. just trying to, I was just trying to see if I could look that up real quick. It, so you need to apologize to our listeners right now for texting while doing the podcast and you're about by the board. So yeah. I wonder how many of them are texting and driving while they're listening to this playing through their radio. Do not do that. That's very, very bad. Don't do that. Don't <laughs> put, put the, put the, put the phone down and just drive, please just drive. So that's your uh, safety announcement from Zill Cigars. You're welcome. Uh, hey guys, but we're, we're talking about something today that I thought was really interesting simply because I watched a couple YouTube shorts about this topic in particular. You know, we talk about stuff that uh, we talk about cigars, masculinity, and culture. Yeah, and uh, we hit a lot of stuff about masculinity and everything else like that. Got a lot of good feedback on the uh, on the email too. Guys were listening to episodes and giving us great feedback, and I really do appreciate you guys giving me feedback on uh, on the on the email. And the email basically is cut light smoke podcast, all one word, cut light smoke podcast at gmail So, any questions, comments, or insults go ahead and please email us there so uh today we're talking about uh why guys want to make their dad proud whoa okay why guys want to make their dad proud and it, it's it's a it's a big deal uh because it's i mean you when i mentioned it to you you were like that's where a lot of daddy issues come from <laughs> for guys you know you know and and so on and so i forth. actually went to a movie quote per per the usual yeah yeah okay so yeah because i went to the big dad i was telling you about the big daddy right you that's did. why i said per usual i went per, to where i usually go which is a movie quote it's just and it was, it was the scene from Big Daddy where they're like, uh, I forget exactly what happened, but there's a dude walking by in a trench coat and he's just angry at the world. And Adam Sandler yells at him. He's like, "You're mad at your dad, not at me. I forgive you." <laughs> and the dude like starts kind of crying. And he's like, "Yeah, you're right. I hate my dad." <laughs> well, I mean, relationships between fathers and sons are, as you get older, are tenuous at best. Ugh. I mean, you know, it's 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 the young buck in the old old buck's household. And uh, you're meant to lock horns. I think that's part of what happens in life. Uh, it happened with my dad. It happened with my son. You know, yeah. and yeah, uh, it did. I think it's I think it's uh, kind of a rite of passage for a young man as he's growing up. And uh, there's an overwhelming, um, amazing amount of pressure for young men to make their dad proud. You yeah, know? but I think what you wanted to talk about is why. Yeah, I, I want to get into that for a second and talk about that. And uh, 
is that a good thing? And when can it be a bad thing? I think that, mm. that that's another thing too. Is when can it be a bad thing? So, uh, I think first off, let me just say this: I think it's a good thing to make your dad proud. Yeah, I really do. I think I think every guy intrinsically wants to do that. You're only doing yourself a favor and and trying to better yourself in doing. I guess it depends on what you're trying to do to make him proud. Right. Right. Like right, if your right. dad's a a drug dealer and you're like, I need to move these kilos so the dad's happy, you know, that, or your dad's <laughs> turning tricks and you're like, I need to, I need to get like a right, bigger score right, than dad. Right. Yeah, we're, that's we're, a different story. We're not talking about that. We're just talking about okay. guys in general want to make their dad proud. All right. You just get, you just making the, sure. The lowest common denominator type, you know, illustration for that and say, I guess if you're a crack dealer, you know, <laughs> Well, it's like, it's like if, if my, like my grandfather, for example, if he right. was my dad and yeah. his, his thing was like how many cars he got done a week at the shop. And then sure. like, the only way I could make grandpa proud was like getting more cars done a week than he right, got. Right, right, right. Like that's a little different for me, but yeah, I'm just making light of something a little well, bit. I think when it comes into making your dad proud, I think part of it is, uh, you know, how you were raised. I think, I think all fathers want their sons in particular to make them proud. I know, I know that I do. They should. Yeah. Yeah. I know that I do. And, uh, I know that, you know, my, my guys around me, they want their sons to, you know, make them proud as well. So, uh, I think what goes into that and the pressure that the son feels to make the dad proud are a conversation worth having uh, for our audience in particular because I think when it comes to making your dad proud, let me let me just say this for 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 just kind of a, a cursory overview of my life and my dad. So my dad is a bona fide war hero. He's 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 out of Vietnam, Fleet Force yep. Marine, you know, uh, Navy medic, cor- Navy corpsman attached to. Uh, reconnaissance marines saw a lot of saw a lot of traumatic stuff in vietnam and he's just he's my dad's a certifiable badass he just kind of is and so growing up in that shadow if you would and i think that's another thing we talk about you know dad's shadows yeah, cat, shadows. But, yeah. so growing up under that shadow uh i lived in cincinnati all my life uh for the first 30 first 30 years of my life i lived in cincinnati 48 now so it tells you how long i've been in phoenix uh do the math you'll figure that out but i think the the, one of the reasons I wanted to get out of Cincinnati in particular is, uh, first, people who usually escape Ohio do big things. <laughs> That's the first thing. Uh, well, it's because it goes back to that contentment and, like, the last podcast we did, right? Like, it's very easy to become very rooted and content in Ohio. Oh, absolutely. It's, it, it, the Midwest in general. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everything's very nice. Everything's Even though you be, complain about the weather every right. day of your life. And it's gray and horrible, <laughs> and it's just disgusting out there. So right now it is. I mean, the fall was beautiful, but, like, now we're into nasty weather out in, out in Ohio. So, uh, But in, in regards to wanting to get out of Ohio – what my parents were pretty well known in Cincinnati and they've been there all their lives and everything else like that. And so I wanted to get away from my parents and start a life for myself where I would be the one response. I would be the one responsible for that. Mm. Uh, I'm also the firstborn, so I'm pretty risk averse, you know, so like, you know, most first firstborns are, are risk, you know, risk takers. They, they're go doer, the doers and they're pretty ambitious and what have you. And I had a lot of that going for me. So when I left Ohio, I came to Phoenix not knowing anybody here. Now, I will say this. It was a little easier for me as a transition because I came here as a pastor of a church of like, I don't know, four or 500 people. Okay. So like when I when I came here, I had a whole congregation of people to get to know. So it was pretty easy for me to kind of come into Phoenix and then have responsibility over these people. You know, even though I was a youth pastor at the time, I still worked in coalition with the uh, the other pastors of the church. So uh, I felt very, very welcome. The church, church is called Desert Springs Bible Church. Um, very, very welcome. The church is a great experience. That church, I love that. Still church. here, yeah, yeah. Big it's church, great. No, it's a great church. Yeah, I think um, I've driven think past it and Caleb, been like, Caleb Whoa. Campbell, uh, an old friend of mine, is now the lead pastor there. He's a great guy. 
Oh, okay. Uh, so, so case in point, um, coming here, kind of making a, a life for myself, you know, the very last conversation my dad had with me before I left, it was the night before we packed up. We were on the back, tr- back, back porch and we were smoking a cigar. I remember what he was smoking. He was smoking a Gurkha Park Avenue, Ugh. and I was smoking, um, I can't remember what it was, Some, something, I think it was a, I think it was Rocky Patel, Vintage 1990. Uh, it was one of the go-to cigars I had. And so we were, we were smoking cigars and we were talking, and my dad said this to me, and I thought it was really interesting. He said, I just want you to know, son, that you're, you're, leaving, you're leaving the nest big time now. You're not know, not know how anymore. You're not down the street. And we had lived about 30, 30 minutes away from my parents okay. know, in a place called Eastgate. Oh, uh, yeah, I know Eastgate. Yeah, you know, when we yeah, first yeah, got yeah. married. And so as a result, um, my dad said, I- I'm not going to be able to be there for you, bud. Mm. If something happens, you're on your own. Mm. And this is, you know, this is man stuff. This is, this is what you have to get ready for. And uh, I remember thinking it was, it was a real serious talk with my dad and I. And he was like, just so you know, you're going to be on your own. And I mean, I can, always pack, on a, pack, I can always hop on a flight and come out there. But my dad helped me with things like... You know, when I finished my basement of my first house, my dad and I and a bunch of my buddies helped me do that. My dad was yeah. kind of like the the foreman, if you would, showing us what to do. Um, my dad has done so many different things in my life from, you know, um, different little things to, you know, being there for me in different different aspects. And I, he's not there anymore. You know, I won't I won't I won't, I won't see him on, on a daily basis, you know. Uh, but he said I'm always a phone call away. So. Uh, the next day, packed up, went to Phoenix, drove cross country and everything else like that, and then flew my, flew my family out. I remember because it was Ju- July, uh, I think it was July 13th. Dang, that's a hot here. time to it move was, out here, bro. It's 126 degrees on the tarmac mm. at uh, Sky Harbor. So I remember coming out here, and when I got here, uh, and my family moved out here, it was maybe a week later, I remember literally pacing around 2 o'clock in the morning in my living room thinking, what have I done? I just moved across country and I'm feeling like a failure right now because mm. I, I don't know, you know, how to be in this new city or what to do and everything else like that. I was really, really, my wife was like, you're, you're kind of losing it. What's going on? And uh, I called my dad the next day and just said, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kind of adjusting to all this and, and trying to find out what's going on. And, you know, and he goes, well, how are you feeling? I said, I'm feeling nervous. And he goes, well, that's normal. And I'm like, what do you mean it's normal? He goes, well, you just moved to a new city and started a new life there. And no matter how long you stay, you're always going to have a piece of Ohio in you, you know, and you'll look back at these memories, but you're going to create some new ones. And then those are th- things you're going to look back on 10 years from now. And I remember him saying that. And I remember him thinking like, oh, I can start a new life here and without my parents' influence or anything else like that. That's really cool. And I, I really love my parents. My parents are really cool people. And everybody knows if you come to Zeal Cigars in our retail shop, you'll see my parents, particularly in the winter, because uh, they're snowbirds. They go back to Ohio for you know the summer, and they come back here for the winter. Uh, so I remember my dad telling me, his very last thing he told me when I got off the phone with him, he's like, you're going to be fine, son. Uh, you're built for this. You're good. And, uh, and he said, I'm proud of you. I'm very proud of you making this move. And I'm like, oh, oh, wow. My dad's proud of me. That's great. And, he, and he's told me he's proud of me of different things before, but it's, it's stuff that I knew that like a guy should do, like uh, stuff that you can do in sports, things you can, things you can accomplish in a- academics and things like that. But with a major life change like this, knowing that my dad said he was proud of me, my dad doesn't give lip service. Like he says what he means, he means what he says. He doesn't yeah. ever, he doesn't shine It's not sugar-coated. Yeah, he never does. He's super direct. And I was like, okay, so my dad's proud of me. This is good. I remember hearing that term, and I remember going to bed 
super at peace because mm. I knew my dad was proud of me. I was like, okay, that, that's super. I mean, I knew what I did was a, was a risk just for my family. I knew moving out here in a new city is a risk, but knowing that my dad was proud of me and he had my back, yeah, that just seemed to give me some more ambition or some more drive to really get to know what Phoenix is all about. What is my new city like? And who are the people in it and to do life here? Yeah. And so there's something very, very powerful for a father to tell his son, I am proud of you. And it to be in that life changing moment, not, not in something, I mean, there's things that we, we inevitably do all the time as fathers, you know, where you tell your kids, you're proud of a, of a sporting moment. You're proud of, proud of like academic achievements, proud of like, you know, doing good at the gym or what have you, stuff, things like that. Yeah. When you're proud about something that's a life move for a for a child, for a son, it absolutely invigorated me. And for a dad to not tell me that or something like that, it probably could have broke me to get off the phone with my dad and, and for him and to say, you know, well, maybe you need to come back home. Maybe you made the wrong decision. I yeah. would have I would have been undone, dude, at that point. You know, and he was like, I'm proud of you, son. So there's something to say about a father's pride in a son, how it can like it's that belief in him. It's that literal like you know, you feel like you can do anything if your dad believes in you. You know, I just, I really did. And so, and I've seen my dad achieve certain things throughout the years. And I, I'm like, how do you do that? Everything from when I was a kid watching him drive a car. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I'm going to drive a car one day and he taught me how to drive a car. And so, like, there's certain things like that that go on throughout throughout others. So, but I think the, the reason we want that as, as, like, young men in particular, it gives us a check mark or a tent peg in life to say, I accomplished that. That is something big to have my dad's pride in me that that will help me, will set me on a trajectory and will help me go forward, you know, in so much that way. Now, I will say this, spiritually speaking, as a Christian, knowing that my father in heaven is very proud of me because of because of what Jesus did, not because of anything I did, because of what Jesus did, that, that in itself is a foundation for my life that really, really helps me go forward. But physically knowing that my dad here is proud of me and that my dad cares about me and cares about the thing I do. I, I, first off, I wouldn't be in business with my parents if I didn't think they were proud of what I could accomplish or anything else like that. I really wouldn't. I would feel like I'd, I'd let them down or something like that. And it also drives me while I'm here because it's something I own with my parents, you know, so if I don't pull my weight, we all suffer, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's a big, a big, big motivating factor as well. And so being able to hear, hear from my dad, like, Hey, that's good. Even at hard times when things aren't flowing the way that we want them to do business wise, you know, uh, my dad's like, just get back on your grind, man. Do what you did at the beginning. You know, things aren't happening. It's like, go, go back to your, go back to your roots. What'd you do before to make things successful? I'm like, I did this before. And it's like, well, go back and do that. You may not have done that in so many long, in so many years, but maybe go back to that and think through that. Seriously, you gotta think of it through that, bud. And I'm like, you're right. Dad. I didn't really think about that. So it's amazing the voice that a father has in a son's life and how much a son wants that voice in his life. I think that's because there's a spiritual condition in all of us that want to hear the same things from God on us. I, I really do. I think we want to know that we're making God proud. Like he, 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 he feels good for us and everything else like that. And that's predicated on obviously what Jesus did for us. But that idea of like your dad, like guys wanting dad's approval is a huge thing, but dad's not giving it, I think is a bigger issue. Well, I mean, first off, they have to be there to give it. That's, so the, that, first that's the first that's, thing. Yeah, that's but the first thing, dude. The, go into that. Go and unpack that. Well, I mean, that's I don't I don't even think that really needs a lot of unpacking, to be honest. That's that's right, a cut right. and dry. Like if if you don't want to be there for your kids and you're not there for your kids, you can't do these things. Right. So you can't stall belief in your kid if you're not. Yeah. There. Um. I I think 
I think a lot of it has to do with too, like when you when you're born, um, you're you're nothing. Like you're you're you know. I always make a joke like a baby comes out there just a potato, right? Like yeah, they don't know anything yet. They need everything. So the yeah. the first the first two people that you learn from are your your mom and your dad, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's why I was thinking about something when you said you wanted to talk about this, and I was like, it kind of makes me think of like. How you always hear like mama's boy, yeah. but you don't hear like daddy's boy very often, yeah. right? Like sometimes you hear like, ah, he's daddy's buddy. They go fishing, they do this. Right. But like, I think, I think especially as, and then you hear daddy's girl, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like not mama's girl, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that has to do with like, as a man, when you have a daughter, a lot of times you're a little bit more naturally nurturing to her. Mm-hmm. Um for whatever reason, maybe it's because, you know, she's, she's your daughter or maybe it's, yeah, maybe it's because she's a girl, right? Like, um, but the other side of that too is, is like your, 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 your boys need that too, in Mm -hmm. a way, right? Like, right. right, right. And if they don't get that, they're getting it from their mom because their mom is a little bit more loving. Whereas with the daughter, they might be a little bit more, more stern. So it's kind of interesting. You need both of those dynamics. You do. So when you first get out and you look at that and that's what you see, those are the only two people that matter in your life until you leave home. Right. Realistically, nobody right. else matters. Nobody right. else is helping you live, feeding you, clothing you, and giving you advice, really. I mean, the, they might be, but. The greatest influence on a child is the parents, hands or, down. Or, and, and it may not even be parents, right? I lived with my grandparents for a time. Right. I spent, it could the be caregiver, grandparents. Caregiver. Exactly. Yeah, caregiver, yeah. yeah. Whoever's watching over you and right. taking care of you. Right. Um, you said something that kind of, that, that, that you might have already kind of answered a little bit because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you um, not what, not if your parents ever said anything to you about this, but like, mm-hmm. what do you feel your dad's confidence level was in you leaving the home? Meaning did, do you think that you, like, what do you, what do you think your dad felt when you left home as far as like, I think I did a, an okay job. I'm confident that my son has skills that he needs, whether they came from me or somewhere else to where he, when he leaves this house and after I have this conversation and I let him know, like, I'm not the, you know, the safety net's gone now. Dad's not there. Yeah. Um, do you think he had a high confidence level? Like, what do you, what do you think about that as far as how he felt about you leaving the nest? I think that'd be a really good question for him on a podcast. Like, Oh, for sure. It pops. Yeah. Yeah. I think, (laughs) I think, uh, I'd like to think it was high, I would too. Um, That's I, why I asked. I, I like to think it was high. I think he. I think like with any dad, like when my son leaves, I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna hope for the best and, and pray for the best. But you know, and there's gonna be some things I hope he needs to. Gr- he needs to grow in. You know that I want him to grow in. You know so. Um, but I try to get that all out before he leaves. Yeah. You know I try to make sure that, that the weaknesses that I see or the blind spots that I see, I try to do everything I can to make sure that he knows. Like, hey, these are things in life that you need to understand before you get on your own. Because if you get on your own, you don't understand this. Life's gonna eat, tear you apart. Yeah, you know it's gonna eat eat you alive. So, uh, but as far as my dad, I know my mom was not concerned. My mom wasn't at all concerned. Okay, she, she yeah, my mom's me, never been worried about me. Yeah, yeah. So my my dad in particular, uh, I I don't know. I don't. He says he says things to me like now, like where did, you know, you're 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 a you're a better man than I was, and I go. That's I what you want as a father. Yeah, you, you do, and I I I want. But my dad's an incredible man, so like it's it's hard to understand that aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, but I think I understand what he's talking about. Our my first eighteen years in my house was really tumultuous with my dad, and so our relationship really took 
took formation as far as like really growing and really like each other uh, after I moved out. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you because you, you kind of mentioned a little bit ago of like the moment that was like changing when he said he was proud of you. Yeah. Was that was that the first time that you like not it may not have been the first time he said it, but is that the first time that like you said, holy shit, my dad's proud of me? Uh, and how old was, were you? I was 30. You were 30. Yeah. So, well, dude, I think I was the same age. That's right. why I'm asking. That's interesting. So, like, um, my dad, my dad, my, my dad and I spent 10 years before I moved really making up for lost time. Yeah. So, we became really close. And uh, he had told me multiple times, you know, he's proud of me, you know, in emotional moments and things like that. Um, and like I'm getting married, yeah, having a kid, uh, stuff course, like that. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know that he, I don't know that he, talked about him he's proud of me getting married or having kids okay. I, I think there were, he 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 chose he chose selected times to tell me you know I'm very proud of you and the man that you were coming son you know that the whether I was a pastor or, or something else he would say I'm very proud of you for making these decisions I'm very proud of you for taking care of your family and things like that I'm very proud for you for proud of you for what you've done so so you never really felt like a screw-up growing up maybe like a troublemaker but not a screw-up no, when I, when I, no, I, I don't, I don't think I ever, like, after I became a, I was, a, I was a troublemaker before I became a Christian. That's why I said it that way. Yeah. And then, because I don't, after I, I became don't know a that Christian, much. I think my parents both were like, yeah, this, this, this Jesus thing really took with him. Yeah. This is, this is a big deal for him, you know? So, and they saw the transformation of my life and everything like that. So that was a major, major change. Okay. If you would. Um, and so my heart changed, but my personality didn't. So I was always wiry and always like hyper and everything like that. Yeah, you so still they, are. Yeah, and they, and they and they they say that all the time. They they continue to say like you know, well, we got to make sure Brad's you know on his meds and not going crazy and stuff like that. Which I think no meds, by the way, for any kind of ADD stuff I have. Uh, but it's it's. But my parents are my, my dad's a big joker. He likes he likes laugh. He's very sarcastic about things. Yes, he is. You know, um, <laughs> yes, so and I'm not really sarcastic. So like my dad says. Like if you were to sit there and be like, "Hey, how, how proud are you of your son?" He the first thing that comes to mind is like, "Proud." No, the old boy was proud of him a day in his life. He'd say something like that, you know. Uh, but then, he, then he'd get into it. Like how many times in videos that we did, he I'd have to cut out his sarcastic comment to get to the yeah. Thing he un wanted to. Unfortunately, those yeah. videos aren't up anymore because yeah. of uh, YouTube taking them down. YouTube's but, a bunch of commies. No, it's um, it, it's interesting because. I'd be interested to hear from other people out there. Like you know, when when did they remember? whether it was from their dad or their grandfather, whatever that male role model that they looked up to was at, you know, early in their life when that moment was when they heard that. Cause when you were talking about like your moment, when that kind of like was a big life changing moment, mm -hmm. I, I only have one like really, really vivid memory of like my dad being like, I'm proud of you. Mm -hmm. And like that dude, that moment's life changing. Cause yeah. like, you know, my whole life I had a lot of, um, I had a, I, I had a lot of trouble in, in my soul. And, it, you know, just in general, man, like I had, I was going through a lot as a kid and, um, you know, I was just trying to figure stuff out and, mm. um, things kids shouldn't have to figure out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as I got older, my relationship with my dad, after I got eight, after I turned 18, like my senior year, junior year of high school really started to grow much kind of like yours much later in life. But I remember it was, it wasn't until like two years ago when I started working here. So I was about mm -hmm. 30 years old Okay, and, um, it was, it was a, a little while after we had been doing videos mm -hmm. and, um, I was talking to him on the phone and, uh, I, f I forget what we were talking about, but, um, I kind of hit him with like, Hey dad, I'm sorry. I don't really talk to you much. Mm. I, he's hard to get a hold of. He runs, he 
takes care of the farm. He's a busy dude. So I, I get that. So, um, and we've never really been like, like, I feel like if Camden leaves, I feel like you guys would probably talk at least once a week. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, even if it's just texting, right? Yeah. We'll probably um, text a lot like that. Yeah. I don't really, me and my dad aren't really big communicators like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's a weird dynamic, but I'm communicative like that with my mom, with mm-hmm. my wife. Yeah. Um, but my dad was always like the, I was always kind of afraid of my dad, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, not because he, he hurt me or anything. My right. dad never really hurt me. Yeah. Um, actually he never hurt me. Let me put it that way. It's like, it's um, like a respect thing. Yeah. It's like he's, I, he's your dad, dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feared, I feared my dad because he demanded that you respected him. Right. And right. he was a police officer. So I knew mm-hmm. that he demanded respect. Right. But when I was 30 years old and I was on the phone with my dad and I forget what we were talking about. And I was like, dad, I'm sorry. You know, I apologize. I haven't really been getting out. I'm sorry. I don't keep up with you guys more. It's, you know, you know, it's my own stuff. I'm going through. I'm getting better. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was like, dude, if I ever get, if I ever miss you, he was like, I just watch one of your guys' videos. That's awesome, dude. That's cool. And that when he, that's when he was like, dude, I'm so proud to see like what you're working through. Yeah what you're doing there. Yeah. So like that moment for me was the moment that I'm never going to forget. I, th- I think that's one of the reasons I'm so pissed off about YouTube taking down other channel is because that was part of your journey to the holistic part of who you are now. Like that's, that's see, I don't like, think about it like that, but you yeah. do. Yeah. Like I, I, I look at, I look at like how much you've changed and how much you've grown and everything else like that. And I'm, I'm proud of you personally. Yeah. Like I, I love, who you've become, you know? So like, I think that's like, for example, I would never, I would never have an argument with somebody who is an employee of mine and, <laughs> it, and and walk away and just, and just say, look, I'm done with, the, I'm done with talking about this. I'm, I'm leaving right now. I would go into it and I would start arguing with them, but because I love and respect you so much, I was like, this is, this is not worth our friendship. This is not worth this time. It's not, it's not anything. And by the way, it was, the argument was just stupid. It was a dumb argument between Justin and I. So, but that's one of those things I think that, you know, seeing your journey is so, so, so great, you know, with that old YouTube channel. That's, that's why I, I, I'm so frustrated about the old YouTube channel being gone, but I think your journey is, is very significant and how, you know, different people play a role in that. So, but you know, our, our dads are somebody we want to be proud of us and it's good to hear that. And so to all the dads that are out there that have kids, whether they're, you know, two years old or 22 years old or 42 or 52 years old, uh, they still need to hear, you know, that, that, that you're proud of them, you know, and so on and so forth. And I'll say this, ready? Unless you're not. Mm-hmm. That's another that's thing. That's another too. story, so, bro. So that's another thing too. Like, I don't but that, want, that falls back on you as a dad though, right? I, well, yeah, of course. So it I'm has not, to a little I'm not bit. Trying, I'm not trying to, well, here's the, here's the weird thing. I'm not trying to go down a, a path that we don't have time for, but <laughs> you know, there are, dude, there's, there's, there's kids that don't make dad, pr- dad's proud. Well, absolutely. I mean, there, there just really is. And you know, you're proud of your son. You yeah, love like him. Is Jeffrey like Dahmer's that. dad proud of him? Of course you know? not. Yeah, of course not. So like, you're not proud of what your kids do, you know? Um, and I think that's one of the things as a dad, it's hard to separate. Like, I'm not proud that my kid did that, but I'm proud of my kid. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. I'm proud. I'm proud. I'm proud that like I love my son and I'm proud to be his father and I love my son, but I'm not proud of what he did. And I think this is the this is the big difference between disappointment and it leading to shame. Like I think I think what you should never do for your kids is ever shame them. Mm. Like shame is a prison when someone's locked in that they don't know how to get out of. That's just true. If someone tries to shame you and you let them shame you. That becomes a prison for you of disappointment, depression, and everything else like that. Well, it's like and you start believing what people are saying about right, you, kind of thing. Right. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That, that's 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 
quite frankly, what you never want to do to a kid, you don't want to shame them. You could tell them you're disappointed in their actions and so on and so forth and that they're better than that, but you don't shame them. And I, I, I say that because I was part of unshaming so many people in ministry whose parents used shame as discipline. It's one of the worst things you can do for your kid is to lock them into a prison of shame, meaning like I don't love you until you obey me. Mm. That is wrong, dude. I'm telling you right now. To tell your kid you don't love them or to, to teach them that even through action that you don't love them until they obey you or till they make you proud is the worst thing in the entire world. So what I'm not telling you to do as a dad is to, you know, lie to your kid and tell them you're proud of his actions. But what the other thing I'm telling you not to do is don't shame them to obey you so that you feel good and your ego feels better. Mm. I mean, that's a big that's a big thing I see other people doing. You shame your kids so they, they become compliant for what's going on. Then when they get out in the real world, what happens? It goes. They snap and go nuts. Yeah, or they you really physically do. hit them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, literally, that's um, that's that's horrible. That's domestic violence, dude, of of epic Did, proportions. I I wanted. I kind of know where you're going to go with this here in a second. So I'm going to ask a question before we go there. Okay. Do you ever? Do you think that like like if you think back, do you do you find or remember yourself uh per, like purposely trying to do things to to seek your 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 father's uh you know, blessing in that way. Uh, sure. Like, yeah. Yeah. My, my dad, uh, first off, my dad could fix anything. Yeah. Yeah. That was the big thing. And so I could not, and I tried that with my dad. Okay. I tried, I tried doing carpentry with my dad and I just, I couldn't hammer, I couldn't, couldn't nail it. I couldn't hammer a nail straight. Yeah. See my, my that. dad's better and all that stuff than I'll ever be. Right, he just is. Right. He's better. He's better looking at cars. We're going on cars. He knows more about that than I do, but there's things that, um, there was even there's even a time. Well, it's the time they grew up in, man. It's just right. different. It like is, like you, the time you grew up in with the cars you grew up with, right. and and eighties and nineties, hanging dude. out with dudes at the side of the road, taking your cars apart. Like that's just oh, what yeah. you did, right? 100%. Like, and that, that's not something my my son's ever going to no. be into, you know. So, um, but I am so I so I'll give you an example with my dad. I knew that um, sports wasn't sports never pushed on me, but I, I did it. I did it mostly for my my friends. All my friends played sports, so I played sports as well. Um, so like my dad never pre pressured me on that. My dad was really big on, um, reputation. Like you, you bear my name. Yeah. The that, family name. Yeah. That's a big deal. He would say it continually. Like you bear my name. So when you leave this, when you leave this house, when you drive that car and everything else like that, you represent our family. So don't forget that when you're out in public. I, I think when I started driving was when my dad was like, Hey, remember I'm still a police officer. Right. <laughs> Exactly. Don't be an idiot on the road. Yeah. I, I you know, I, but I, I don't, I don't think there's many times that I really, you know, disappointed my, the only time I remember even as a, as a teenager, I had just graduated high school. I, I got a Kawasaki Ninja and I was, I was driving all over showing my friends and so on and so forth. And I stayed out one night. My, my curfew was to be back. If I, if I had the motorcycle was to be back in the garage by dark. Okay. And didn't want you riding at night. Yeah, exactly. And so I didn't, by the way, and this is like, I, I must have a bike for maybe two weeks. So I wasn't a very experienced writer either. And my dad was like, uh, I didn't call. And I was like two hours late. I came home at 12. My dad was waiting in the garage for me. And I was, I was a young man. I was 19 years old. I, I remember pulling this, the age my son is now. Yeah. Uh, I, pulled, I pulled in the garage. And my dad's like, park the bike. It's mine. And I'm like, no, it's not. I paid for it. He goes, no, that's not how this is going to go, son. You, you did not come home. I've been up the whole time worried about you. You didn't answer any phone calls in any place that you usually are. And this is before cell phones, obviously. Right. So this is like 94, 93, some 90, late 93, 94. Uh, and, he's like, and he's like, just so you understand this, son, you've lost your privilege to ride this bike in my household. 
Okay. And I'm like, I'd make the payments on the spike day. He goes, well, that's something you're going to have to figure out, isn't it? You know, cause I'm still in my dad's household. He goes, you scared me to death, son. And it's one of those times that I, I, my dad never acted like he was afraid for just two times. I ever saw him afraid for me. That was the first time I've ever saw my dad afraid for me. And when I see him afraid for me, that that's a part of my dad. I never see my dad doesn't show fear very well. Yeah. I, yeah, I'm thinking that you had me thinking as you were saying, talking about that. And I can only remember maybe one time that my dad had that for me that I remember. Right. Like I, he, he doesn't get, he doesn't scared real often. The, the second time I ever saw him scared, I've never seen him scared, to be honest with you, other than these two times. Like he was worried about me that night. I've never seen him scared. I mean, I've seen him literally take on people with baseball bats. It's crazy. <laughs> so like, I mean, I, 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 he's the bravest man I've ever seen. I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, so the second time was, uh, I was, <laughs> my wife went on vacation with her, with my mother-in-law and they went to Williams, Williamsburg, remember Williamsburg? It's like, it's fancy town out in the Virginia, Virginia or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Or West Virginia uh, or know. somewhere over there. Some, some fan, they're like looking at dead stuff. The tri-state you know? area over yeah. there. So they they went over there and, uh, uh, I decided to put a new kitchen in for my wife. So I called a bunch of buddies and we ripped out the kitchen. I had Savannah with me this, this, at the time too. And Savannah's a baby. So I put Savannah in a high chair and fed her pizza all day. So she was like two. <laughs> sit here and eat. Yeah. So yeah, I figured four, four Krugers. We got bread, tomatoes, cheese. We're good. Okay. So I'm giving her all cheese pizza and I'm working on stuff. And uh, as a result of that, I had to move a 220, a 220 um, outlet. Off of the from, stove. From the stove. I moved the oh. stove over to a different place. And I figured I always I I always just think this like if if human beings can do this I can do it, I mean if anybody can do this I can do it. So I I looked it up, figured it out. I'm like I can do this. So I called my dad and I'm like, hey dad, I might need your help with this. And he's like, you could, I would not do this. I would call an electrician. It's worth the payment. I'm like, no, nah, we can do this, dad. And he's like, yeah, two right. twenty and fry you, bro. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. So <laughs> so I, we I, I move I move the outlet and everything successfully. Everything's and I and I go to I had to create another an, another circuit breaker basically. Yeah. So I put in another circuit breaker, move the wires and everything else like that. You know, the main power is off and everything like that. And uh, when I went to turn the main power on, my dad was upstairs and the whole fuse box blew up and blew me back about 10 feet. And I was knocked out for like five seconds. And my dad, I hear, I wake up to my dad, go, boy, wake up, boy, wake up. He's smacking me in the face. Wake up, wake up, Brad, Brad. And I'm like, uh, oh, what happened? And he's like, you about shot your thing. He was doing expletive, expletive, expletive. He scared, scared, scared the crap out of me, boy. And. You know, he probably had other words like that to say. He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I think so. I didn't get shocked. This is the blast blew me back. And, and you know, and then we go back over to the uh, to the uh, fuse box, this big, huge black spot oh where the fuse goodness. was. And I basically, when I when I torqued down the uh, the fused wire, I pierced one of the wires with the screw. So that's what I did. Yeah, so I, I mean, we found out what to do. We did it right and everything like that. We wired it and we were fine. Um, but it was, it was scary. I mean, when I turned it back on, we had like a broom handle <laughs> doing it that way, <laughs> you know? So, uh, 10 feet back. Right. But it was, it was kind of, that's the only two times I ever saw my dad afraid. But as far as my dad being proud of me, even to this day, I think it's, it's a really good driving force in my, in my life. And I think when young men hear that from their father, uh, it becomes a really, really good, uh, driving force in their life where they're like, you know what, man, I can really. I can do some things because I know my dad has my back, particularly if your dad has been there throughout your life. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a big thing. Like my dad's, my dad's always been there. So like, I, I, I can tell you like, even when, even when I moved out here and he visited me for the first time, I remember he came in like this. He came into my house. I bought my house. Here's my second house. And he comes up and he looks, he looks around and he goes, 
And this is this is like a an attaboy for my dad. This is how my dad says attaboy. He looks at me and goes, "You're right there, buddy. Do you inhale something?" <laughs> okay, it's just this. It's this time of year. In yeah, here, man. Like allergies, dry throat. Well, he says. Uh, my dad looks around my house and he goes, "All right, boy. All right. All right." And I'm like, <laughs> "What do you mean?" And he's like, "This looks good. I'm proud of you. This looks good." And I'm like, "Oh, well, thanks, Dad. I, I appreciate it." You know, it's like that's my dad's way of saying attaboy. You know, and then he'll tell me later on we're. Smoking cigars, yeah, I'm proud of you, buddy. I'm really proud of what you've done here and everything else like that. So I just I I want to encourage all you guys that are listening. First, if you're a father, you will absolutely encourage your son by telling him how proud you are of him and choose the things that you tell him that you're proud of that are meaningful moves in his life. Not, you know, I'm proud of you eating a bigger ice cream cone. That's weird. Okay. Unless he just never got to a bigger ice cream cone. <laughs> But I mean, there like you can instill some really quick, great belief. And I'll tell you this much: you guys who want that approval from your father, there's nothing wrong with that, man. That's a big thing, you know. And, and shout out to to the guys that dads aren't around and never have been, you know. And so they're, they're looking through that for somebody else. It, for for you guys who are mentors to those kind of young men, it's important that you tell them like how proud you are of them. That's a huge thing because I know that I mentor young men as well. And to tell them like, hey, I'm proud of you, man. I'm very proud. As a young, young man right now, I'm, I'm mentoring. Um, uh, I, I told him you walked in here with Lamb and he can't. He walked out a lion. And he just needed to believe that. He needed someone to believe believe in him. And uh, he knows who he is. And uh, as a result, like his whole life is tra- transformed and turned around. And I told him that when I saw it. When I saw him like the third time I met with him. I was like, I'm super proud of your effort, man. And it is paying off. The outcome of your effort is absolutely paying off. Went to get a job, okay? Didn't think he'd ever find another job and everything like that. Very, very talented web artist. Very, very talented photographer. Very talented graphic guy. First first meeting for a job. They hired him on the spot. They wanted him that time. And I was like, dude, I'm super proud of you. That's so cool. You know, so it's important to tell guys you're proud of them. You know, I'd say that even goes into friends, even goes into other people like that you love and care about, but particularly your sons and those people that you mentor. Final thoughts. Well, you were saying something too about like, you know, there's uh there's kind of a downside to that sometimes too though. How's that? Right? Like in the way of like sometimes in seeking that that approval or that that I'm proud of you moment can, can, can lead to yeah. to some weird stuff. Right. Because some of that roots into like, I, th- I, th- I think not I think, having a conversation. I think where it goes wrong is when you find your value and worth in the opinion of your father, mm. when you find your value and worth in what he says. Now what your father says is very, is very, very, very powerful. But when you place all your eggs in that basket, some are going to get cracked because he's just a human being. He just is. You know, so that that's important. It's look looking for the approval of. I mean, I work for the approval of one, and that's God, obviously. Yeah. So, but the things that my dad says and does really do affect me, and I think that's why I want to put guys on notice. You know, and I don't, I don't work tirelessly for the approval of my of my father, in the sense of like, because I know that that God approves of me because of what Jesus has done for me. I'm not worried about what anyone else says, but it greatly encourages my life when I have my father's approval on things like cigar deals that we've done before. We, I almost did a cigar deal with a guy uh, that actually lied to me about the deal and he'd done a deal with somebody else and he got caught with it. 
And the deal was shady. And my dad knew it was shady. I didn't know it was shady, but my dad had saw that. And we were it we were at the we were at the guy's um at the guy's cigar shop and uh he's a big manufacturer as well and he goes my dad goes, I don't know, this just seems shady, son. I'm like he goes he goes, It's a good deal, but it's never a good time to make it make a bad deal. It's never a good time, and I just don't feel right about this deal. The guy's shady. And I'm like, Well, dad, I've dealt with him for years. He's never did anything bad to me. He goes, Yeah, but he did to other people. So it's just a matter of time before he hits you too. So you shouldn't do business with them. And it was a big deal. It was a huge, huge deal. It was it was ridiculous deal. It really was. I would have had 10,000 cigars that could have sold like that. And I didn't do it. And my dad's like, I'm telling you what, man. My, my dad's big thing is, while business isn't personal, it is. It is. And you, it's, there's always enough time to do the right well, thing. Yeah, when you own it, it is right. for sure. Right. It, there's always a time. There's There's... Always time to do the right thing, and you don't have to rush a bad deal. That's what Dad said. It's always time to do the right thing, and you don't have to rush a bad deal. Just wait on it and sit on it, and tell me if you don't feel like that differently. My dad and I went to a hotel and slept, you know, and we were we were out of state for this deal. And I and I remember waking up and looking at him and going, "Hey, Dad, you're right. You're right. I don't think we should take this deal." He goes, "Okay, that's your choice, but I'm just telling you how I feel about it." I'm like, "You're right." And it turned out to be a bad deal, man. Ended up screwing somebody else. Yeah, you know, so. That's one of those things that can happen. So those are those are some of those things that you know are important. So let me ask you this, guys. If you guys email me, what do you think about dads and you know um, them telling their sons are proud? So email us at cutlightsmokepodcast at gmail dot com. And J- JB, give me your final thoughts. Man, I've I kind of had I kind of had something. I kind of lost it. <laughs> um, well, it was just it was it was something around like the the way of like. I don't know, man. I lost it. That's okay. <laughs> you started talking about something different, and it threw me off. Uh, I'm sorry, dude. I don't remember what You're it was. You're scratching like a crack addict. You're right there. No, I'm, I'm rubbing a. Oh, you got a knot in your, th- knot in your arm? Okay. Yeah. Uh, dude, I dug like eight holes the other day and planted a bunch of plants. Did you? Yeah, like some rose bushes. And... You are the gardener, bro. No, I'm not really. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Your backyard says it's a Well, I like, I like to have plants around. Yeah, you're yeah, nice But backyard. I'm not by any means... A gardener, like one day I'm gonna get up to your to your level. I'm, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We'll get the casita built back, and we'll throw a little pond in there with some fish. You actually we'll have happens. plenty of land. It's just too dang hot here for gardens, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, guys, that's been the uh, Cut Light and Smoke podcast. Thank you guys so very much for tuning in for this podcast. We'll be up here again later on this week with a new topic for men, masculinity, and cigars. With that said, we're out of here like last year. Peace.